Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Therapy Chat Podcast, Episode 370. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. This week's episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now, for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Use coupon code CHAT or click the link in the show notes to get two free months at therapynotes.com. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan. Today, I'm very happy to be bringing you a conversation with someone I interviewed last fall. And at that time, she was a PhD candidate. She is now a PhD. So my guest today is Dr. Elizabeth Guthrie. Elizabeth Guthrie is a board-certified wellness practitioner and the author of The Trauma-Informed Herbalist. She holds a PhD in natural medicine with a focus in naturopathic psychology and holds a master's of public health in functional nutrition. She has helped create research for the University of Alabama at Birmingham's Integrative Medicine Clinic, teaches practitioners online, and works as a wellness practitioner and yoga instructor in Birmingham, Alabama. And we talked about, as the name of her book suggests, trauma-informed herbalism. And she talked about some ways that people can use herbs in self-care practices. So we had a fun conversation and I hope you will enjoy it. Many of us have never even heard of what herbalist, being an herbalist is, nor would we have known, I didn't, before talking with her that you could have a PhD in naturopathic medicine, naturopathic and so I didn't know until I met Elizabeth that it, there are even PhDs in naturopathic psychology or natural medicine with that focus. So this is very interesting. It's a non-traditional route to healing, and I'm all about that. One of the things that we talked about on this episode, and it's clearly it's been a theme 
through almost every episode, but we talked about the importance of taking care of oneself, self-love and self-connection and caring for self. So before we get into my conversation with Dr. Elizabeth Guthrie, congratulations, Elizabeth, on your achievement of attaining your PhD. I know that was a lot of hard work. Before we get into that, though, I just wanted to tell you about a few other things that are going on. One is if you are going to be attending the Leading Edge Seminars Innovations in Psychotherapy Conference in Cancun the last week of February, I'll be there too. And I would love to connect if you are a therapy chat listener. And if you're hearing this, then I'm talking to you. If you're there in Cancun, feel free to get in touch with me and let me know that you're there and, you know, let's connect. Let's chat. Let's get to know each other if you want. That's one thing. And then uh, another thing is that, well, one thing I want to tell you about is that Trauma Therapist Network membership is reopening on March 6th, 2023. And if you're on the waiting list, you will be contacted to be informed when registration opens next. The waiting list is getting first access for two weeks. And after that two weeks, I'll open it up to everyone for another week. But if you have been thinking about joining Trauma Therapist Network, you should definitely get on the waiting list now because prices are going up when I open registration to everyone. And people who are on the waiting list are going to have a special offer to lock in lower pricing. So to get on the waiting list, just go to the link in our show notes about joining the waiting list for therapists. Trauma Therapist Network has multiple membership levels. So maybe you don't want full access, you can't come to the meetings, but you'd like to watch the recordings, you can join at the inner circle level. If you do want full access, you can join at the all access level. And if maybe you don't have time for any of that, but you still want to be listed in the directory, you can join at the directory only membership level. We're constantly kind of upgrading what is offered in Trauma Therapist Network. One of the new things that's happening is that we're going to have a book club to discuss a book related to trauma and dissociation. In fact, our first book, when we start the book club, it hasn't started yet. When we start it next month, the first book we're going to talk about is Dr. Jamie Marich's Dissociation Made Simple. So that's a book that y'all have heard about. If you've been listening to Therapy Chat, Jamie was my guest just a few weeks ago. Get you the episode number. Actually, it was already six weeks ago with has gone by very fast. Episode 364. So anyway, if you are a trauma therapist and you'd like to join us in Trauma Therapist Network, please go to the link in the show notes and sign up for the waiting list. And then you'll be notified when registration opens on March 6th. Also, if you're a therapist, I want to be sure to let you know that Business School for Therapists is currently open for registration as well. So I shared about that last time, and I'm not sure how much longer membership will be open for this time around. But once you join business school, you get lifetime access. It's one of the wonderful things about it. I did it back in 2014, and I still have access nine years later almost. I did it in the fall. So last thing, 
Oh, yeah. I want to be sure you know, too, that my friend Carrie Nola, her Activator Live event is also happening later this month of February. So if you were thinking about attending that, if you're a healer, someone who wants to work energetically with your relationship to receiving both love, comfort, not both receiving love, receiving money, receiving comfort, ease, all of the things that we want and need. Carrie is working on that with people in her Abundance Activator, and she has the Activator Live event in San Diego in person later this month. So be sure to check that out. There's a link in the show notes to the Activator Live website, so you can check that out. Okay, I think that's everything I wanted to share with you for now. So without taking any more time, let's dive right into my conversation with Dr. Elizabeth Guthrie. Actually, there's one more thing I wanted to tell you, which is that next week, you're going to hear me interview Dr. Shafali Sabari, who is uh, known for her books on conscious parenting. She has a new book out called The Parenting Map. Well, it will be out by the time that episode goes live, I think, or shortly after next week. And we had a great conversation. I loved it. And I'm releasing it in video and audio format. It's really the first time I've done that. Maybe the second. I think it's the first. So I'm really excited about that too. Okay. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Dr. Elizabeth Guthrie. And thank you as always for listening to Therapy Chat. Remember, if you're going to Cancun that last week of February, get in touch with me if you want to, if you want to link up. All right. Take care. This week's episode is sponsored by Kelly Miranda of Me. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan, and today I'm so happy to be speaking with Elizabeth Guthrie. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being my guest on Therapy Chat today. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited too. I'm eager to learn more about your work as an herbalist and your book, but let's let's just start off by you telling our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Well, I started getting interested in herbs as a child. My mom had dealt with some chronic illnesses and found relief through nutritional changes, lifestyle changes, but also through herbalism. And that really stuck with me as I got older. And so as I started trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I began to realize that complementary medicine really spoke to me. So I got my undergraduate degree in complementary medicine. I have a master's of public health with a concentration in functional nutrition, and I have kind of experienced all realms of this work. You know, I've I've been involved in integrative medicine research. I've worked out of the back of somebody's house in the middle of the Alabama summer heat, (laughs) creating Mm. different extracts and products for people. I've really tried to understand both the the research side of things that that the medicine side of things, but also understand the the more esoteric side where there's that intuition that comes into play. For me, the switch to trauma-informed care and not just herbs in general came from a combination of my 911 dispatch career. And yeah, yeah, (laughs) I was a 911 dispatcher for almost a decade and I stayed there while I was working on my degrees. But I also, at one point in my 911 career, 
was in an abusive domestic relationship. So I was mm-hmm. a victim of intimate partner violence. And that combination created a, a shift in the way that I approached complementary medicine. All of a sudden, I struggled with certain herbs that I really loved before. They would make me feel anxious. They would leave me feeling very jittery. And meditation stopped being a safe place. All of a sudden, when I would sit down to meditate, I would end up in a space where I was having not vivid flashbacks, but enough of a rumination on the issues that I had, the the experiences that I had had that I no longer felt safe in meditation. So that's what started me down the path of what do we need to do as natural healers to figure out how to make our work more trauma-informed. And so that's where, you know, trying to understand more about how people respond to the herbs, trying to understand about how people's body responds in general. Of course, everyone loves Dr. Bessel van der Kolk's book, The Body Keeps the Score, because it really helps us to understand how our body holds on to that trauma. And before that, there wasn't a lot of widespread understanding about that issue. Very, very, very true. And it's becoming... Even now, I'm sure you heard how it became a bestseller again during the pandemic. And so it's a whole new audience of people who are learning about that book. But, you know, I think as much as it's a great book, there's, you know, there's only so much one book can contain and it doesn't necessarily, it talks about that, you know, complementary approaches are beneficial without necessarily being able to go into the depth of, you know, how each thing is helpful. Right. Right. Actually, it's interesting that you mentioned that it became popular during the pandemic because the aftershock of the pandemic, the long, the the almost chronic type anxiety that everybody was under has created a lot of chronic trauma symptoms in people. And that's what I've started to see in my practice is more and more people are coming to me with either things that have resurfaced from when they were younger, or they haven't experienced this before and they're trying to figure out how to navigate the the new stressors that have come up for them. And that's why I ended up writing my book, The Trauma-Informed Herbalist, because it helps to, first of all, delineate what an herbalist does versus what a therapist does. But then it also digs into herbs, plant medicine, and some other complementary options that are available to help people understand what they need to be thinking about when they are working with somebody to try to figure out what will work best for them. Well, that's beautiful. And I do want to say thank you so much for sharing about how your own experience influenced where you are now. And I also want to really validate that what you went through where meditation became no longer a safe place. We know that is common. You know, it's like meditation can be really beneficial to helping you see what wasn't conscious? What's the drawback of that? What wasn't conscious? If it's trauma, you may is, not be ready to process it. Yeah, you weren't. That's not what you were looking for. You were maybe right. looking to feel calm and at peace. And suddenly you're feeling more distressed and more uncomfortable and and unwell. So it's a common experience, but it's it's great that you named that. And Now, we were talking before, and you mentioned this already, how your mom had some chronic illness that drove you to 
this exploration that you're in now. I guess let's talk about really what is an herbalist first? What does an herbalist do? Because even when you said plant medicine, the thing that coming to mind for me is like psychedelics, because everybody's talking about psychedelics <laughs> right. right now and, and calling it plant medicine, which it is, but yes. that's one piece, you know. It's a form. Right. Yeah. It's actually interesting. I don't do much of anything with psychedelics. Um, mm-hmm. My work comes from a lot of nutritive herbs. So things that you would use in your meals anyway, garlic, ginger, that kind of things. And also things that you would see in an herb garden, things that you might put into your tea, things that maybe grow around you that you find out are edible and that maybe have some good benefits. That's where a lot of my work comes from. And yes, my mom did have a chronic illness and use the herbs specifically these type of more nutritive, nourishing herbs to help her. We have a couple of things that are happening in our soil where we're not getting as many of the the micronutrients that we used to get because the farmland has been stripped. There aren't as many of the things like magnesium are no longer as common in our Hmm. fruits and vegetables. We can replace some of that with our herbs. But then there are also phytonutrients in the herbs that when we take the entire herb and not just an extract like what you get in some of your pharmaceutical drugs, when we take Mm. the entire herb and we get that holistic aspect to it, it makes a big difference for our body. Our body knows what to do with that. It knows how to process that. It's almost more bioavailable in a way. And when you ask who is an herbalist, That is such a broad spectrum, right? I would call my mom an herbalist, and she has even some clinical herbalism knowledge to her, but most of what she does is keeps a huge terraced garden at their house. Her rosemary is taller than I am, which, I mean, I'm I'm short, but still, it's a very (laughs) tall rosemary plant. And my grandmother still has many herbs. Matter of fact, when we moved to our current house, she sent several herbs down for me to plant in my garden. Mm. Lots of the mints and the lemon balms and things like that. So they are herbalists. And anybody who wants to start working with herbs and, and understanding herbs is a type of herbalist. I prefer to use the term clinical herbalist when you are looking to work with somebody and understand the underlying issues that are causing them to have their symptoms. So clinical herbalists may sometimes still forage for plants. They may use different forms of herbal medicine, such as tinctures, glycerites, or topically like a salve. Those are very common. Or you could have somebody that gets more into supplements that are in capsules, herbs that you just take with your breakfast, lunch, or dinner, a little bit of water, just like you would other more nutritive type supplements. So it really spans this broad range of people, people that are doing it for their own personal benefit or kind of herbalists or then the clinical setting where people are working one-on-one with somebody to try to help them to have better wellness overall. Okay, so I sort of hear you saying that it can be applied for overall health and well-being and for treatment of illness, potentially, or benefit. It's actually interesting because 
herbalists aren't trained to treat illness. We don't have a copy of the DSM-5. We're not looking for a certain set of symptoms to match a disease in order to give a treatment for that disease. Okay. What we try to do is we try to understand the symptom set and understand what we can do, what what body systems are involved in that that we can support. What imbalances are happening on a constitutional level? So constitution is similar to genetics, but not identical. It's the the way that your body naturally interacts with its environment, but it doesn't necessarily come from genetics. There are other components to it. The experiences you had growing up can kind of change the way your constitution works. And so instead of treating illnesses, we look at the underlying causes and how we can support the body so the body has what it needs in order to heal itself. Yeah, very cool. I love the way you explained that. I mean, when you said support body systems, I was like, oh, yeah, because that feels so right. It's like, you know, we were talking before I was telling you how I was talking about like a combination of thyroid symptoms causing hormonal symptoms that, you know, like, like reproductive hormonal symptoms that were maybe sparked by a trauma reaction. And that makes sense to me, just like understanding that systems of the body can get activated in a way to do something that brings illness or symptoms. Right. And different weaknesses in the body can cause different people to have different symptoms. So if you have five people go through the same event, but each one of them has a different body system that's a little bit a little bit weakened, maybe naturally they just don't have as strong of a system. It's not that they've done anything wrong. It's just they naturally maybe have a little bit of a weaker system. They're going to have different results. So if somebody's nervous system, which is very common in trauma, their nervous system may be out of whack already, and they go through this event that also caused them to have more trauma, then they may have a lot of nervous system responses. Whereas another person maybe goes through a similar event and they come out with more digestive issues, which mm-hmm. digestion and nervous system are interconnected. But Mm-hmm. If they already had kind of a weaker digestive system, then they may come out of it with even more digestive problems than before. Or if somebody else is having a significant immune response beforehand, maybe their immune system is just a little weaker. They're always getting kind of the snifflies, that kind of thing. They may come out on the other side with more immune problems or even an autoimmune issue. So when you have a weaker system and you go through a stressful event, or you just go through everyday life interacting with what's happening around you, you come out on the other side with exacerbated issues. As herbalists, if we can go back and we can nourish that system and we can help somebody kind of get what they need for their body to to shore up that system, then they will start to see a reduction of their symptoms. So there's a lot of that that we do. Now, I will say from a trauma angle, a lot of what I do is really try to help somebody to with the nervous system specifically and coming back into that calm, collected ventral vagal state to help them to better find ways to to balance and spend less time on symptom management and more time practicing the the things that will help them to heal. 
Yeah. Well, okay. So I'm sorry. I'm, I cannot unlink my own experience here from, from what I'm hearing you talking about. Cause like, again, I didn't tell you this in detail, but when, and not everyone who's listening knows this either, but a few years ago in 2019, I started having some major health issues for me. They were major because I had been someone who was always healthy, just like strong, vital. I did not get sick often you know, and it was pretty hard to knock me down. And so maybe as a result, my body had to really knock me down before I finally like started paying attention. And so I had like, what I can now look back and say was a health crisis. But at the time, I was just like, I don't feel good. And it was the most counterintuitive advice that I was receiving from functional medicine, integrative people was was, you know, rest more don't exercise more, walk, you know, just like ease, go into more ease and support your body's nutritional needs differently. And right. So even when you talked about your mom earlier, it was like you said, I think the words you used were that she used, I think you said nutritive things. But when we think about like nutritional changes that people make for health, we usually are thinking in the Western view lose weight. So quote, diet and exercise. But when we say diet, we don't mean change your diet to a healthy, functional diet. We mean lose Slash weight, calories. <laughs> right. eat less. Right, right, right. And that's so not what we're talking about here for the nutritional changes to bring about more healthfulness. Right. And my my master's of public health had that concentration in functional nutrition. And I loved it because functional nutrition is very much focused on bringing things back into the body to help the body function better instead of worrying about how many calories somebody's eating. So instead of cutting calories, putting somebody on ultra processed foods, you know, high protein shakes, that kind of thing, like we're not we're not worried as much about that. Now, there are some situations where that might be appropriate, but a lot more of the functional nutrition is focused on instead of trying to take out all the things that you love out of your diet, add in another serving of vegetables, add in another serving of fruits. And this is really important when somebody is dealing with unresolved trauma, because a lot of the times if we can be adding in those extra fruits and veggies and just getting a few more vitamins and minerals into the body and antioxidants, which we can talk about here in a minute, then their body has more of what it needs to clear things out so that it functions better. A lot of the times, it's not that somebody's brain is messed up. It's not that somebody forever scarred and unable to function. You know, it's not, that's not what's happening. A lot of the times, it's just we don't know that we need a little bit more in the way of a nutritious meal. We don't realize it because it's just the, the culture that we're in. That yeah. if we had a, a couple of cups of tea in the afternoon of some relaxing, nutritive type herbs, then we would start to gradually feel better. It's not going to be an overnight pop a pill and done, but we can retrain our body to feel better. And so we're going through almost a little bit of a rewiring process mm. while we are also trying to go to therapy and do the other, you know, somatic experiencing processing, the bottom up type processing, all of those things, herbs just help to speed up that process. They help us to see those results faster because we are also working to rewire on that front as well as 
you know, the discussions in therapy or maybe EMDR or whatever else you're doing to work through the the trauma response. So, yeah, it's not just the therapy and the talking and the feeling, but supporting the whole person. Of course, that makes sense as I say it. <laughs> well, and people, you know, they think, OK, great, we'll we'll retrain the body to do what it needs to do. And we'll we'll talk through these things so that we have a good understanding of what our body is doing. And that is wonderful. It's very important. And it helps a lot of people. But a lot of the times now there's that missing piece of better nutrition and more phytonutrients, more plant-based. Now, I'm not saying that you have to go vegetarian, but what I am saying is that if we focus on getting more nutrients from our plants instead of trying to eat highly processed foods, then our body is more able to focus on rewiring instead of staying in that state of, well, I don't have enough. I can't do this because I don't have enough nutrition. Yeah. Oh, man. Just made me think about something else, but I'm going to stay focused here. So I want to ask you to tell us a little more about antioxidants because you brought that up. And then also, I'd just like to really go from here into how herbs can help with trauma. And if you want to talk about some of the herbs that you love to use with trauma, that would be wonderful and why they're helpful. But whatever, you know, feels most beneficial here for our audience to hear about. Oh, there's so many interesting <laughs> things we could talk about here. Trauma is being linked to an inflammatory response. There are there are studies that are starting to show that inflammation is linked to trauma. Now, it, you could get into a chicken or egg debate, you know, is it trauma that creates the inflammation? Is it inflammation that creates the trauma? You know, what where is this coming from? At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it would be nice to know because then maybe we could catch it before it got into the vicious cycle. But when you're already in that cycle, if we can be working on reducing the trauma response while also reducing the inflammation response, then again, we're back to the healing faster. And inflammation has its place. Inflammation is part of the immune response when you get a scratch and it gets red around it, that's an inflammatory response and it's helping your body heal. The problem is, is that in a lot of scenarios, people's body, it, people are having trouble with their body overproducing inflammation. Mm -hmm. And that's where things like antioxidants can come into play. What we are learning is that it's important to eat a variety of antioxidants. Because a variety of antioxidants can work synergistically in order to help reduce this response in the body. And that's the easiest way to do that is something called eating the rainbow, where you eat different colored fruits and vegetables throughout your week. In most fruits and veggies, those different colors correspond to the antioxidants in the fruits and vegetables. So if you're eating a bunch of different antioxidants throughout the week by eating the rainbow, you don't have to know all the individual antioxidants and how they work and so on and so forth. You can just be eating several different colors and know that you are getting several different types of antioxidants into your body that will help with the inflammatory response. Now, we also have herbs. There's turmeric, which is an amazing anti-inflammatory herb. It does work best when combined with black pepper. It, it absorbs better into the body. So if you start looking for a supplement that is turmeric, then look for the, the kind that has black pepper in it as well. But also be aware that 
large amounts can be difficult for the liver to process. So you don't want to go, oh, I'm starting to feel better. Let me take even more. We want to just take whatever the, the recommended dosage is on the bottle. You don't just, even though we eat turmeric, it can be really good in foods. We don't want to just eat a ton of it because it could be difficult for our liver to process. And also green tea. Drinking a couple of cups of green tea a day, it also has some L-theanine in it, which is very soothing for the body. But drinking green tea on a regular basis can help to reduce the inflammatory response. Running a group private practice has been a challenging and rewarding experience. And one thing that has made it so much easier is Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. If you're coming from another EHR, like I did, Therapy Notes makes the transition incredibly easy, importing your demographic data free of charge so you can get going right away. My team has found Therapy Notes very easy to learn. It's intuitive. The customer support is second to none. And that's one of the things that has kept me a Therapy Notes customer for several years now. Anytime I've needed to contact Therapy Notes for help with an issue I couldn't figure out on my own, I've been able to get through to someone and resolve the issue within 15 minutes, 99% of the time. Find out what more than 100,000 mental health professionals already know. Try Therapy Notes for two months absolutely free. Just click on the link in the show notes or enter the promo code chat at therapynotes.com. Did you know that 47% of therapists struggling financially in private practice already have a full caseload of clients? It's not enough to simply start a private practice and fill up your caseload. You need to know how to run and sustain a profitable business. And the sooner you find out, the less mistakes you'll make on your journey. During the week of February 6, 2023, Kelly Higdon and Miranda Palmer of Zinimi are hosting free 90-minute trainings on how to make $10,000 plus more profits per year and work 10 plus hours less per week in private practice separated by stage, and you're invited to join live. The stage-specific trainings are focused on the following, how creating an ethically sound, informed consent document can lead to over $10,000 more in profit in 2023, how understanding business expenses and taxes could increase your end-of-year profitability by over 30%, how little daily changes in habits and patterns could save you hours a week and reduce your liability. In short, they're going to talk specifics about what to change to work less in practice and make more money while getting better clinical outcomes. You can't beat that. Learn more about the trainings at the link in our show notes for Make More Profits and Work Less in Private Practice from Kelly Miranda of Zinimi. I'm raising my hand because yes. <laughs> I hate the taste of green tea. Everybody says it's so good for you. Is there a workaround? <laughs> so I, I would look for, is it the tannins? Is it kind of the, the astringent just, taste to it? Yes. So you might look into green tea blended with other herbs okay. and see how it does. Green tea extract can be okay, but when you get into capsules that are green tea extracts, you're losing some of the benefits that you get from the overall. And also there's debate as to whether or not the concentration is good for you or, you know. So, again, I encourage people to look towards green tea first in, in a tea form. So I would look for something that maybe is blended with other things. Now, you can use other types of tea. Black tea and white tea, they all come from the same plant. 
Camellia sinensis. And there are some benefits. It's just the difference of how they're processed that causes Mm. them to be the different types of tea. So you don't necessarily get all of the same benefits, but you will get some of those benefits from other types of tea. Okay. So if I get a green tea that's maybe blended with black tea, so it tastes more like black tea, would that be okay? Yeah, that would work. jasmine or something. Right. So the idea here isn't to (laughs) force you to do stuff that is miserable, right? That that's not the point. I'm I'm not here to, you know, boot camp you through a bunch of different herbs that don't taste good to you. The idea is to find complementary options that can help and that are that feel good, that are a part of the part of your therapy that says, ah, yes, this makes me feel like I'm making a good decision. So even if you don't like green tea, then you can stick with other options. You don't have to necessarily go that route. We can always look to adjust and to find different ways like what you asked, like how can we adjust this to be better that so that I can get those benefits. But sometimes it's not a trying to adjust it. Sometimes it is about going, ah, this is not working for me. I'm going to stick with maybe nerving herbs or something that feels better to my body. Well, I was just going to say there are certain things that I'm really drawn to, like fresh mint, lavender, rosemary. There are certain herbs that I'm almost crave and certain like flavors like citrus. But, you know, it's I'm curious if that means like that my body is like wants that or is it I don't know. There's a couple of schools of thought on that. I am of the opinion that if you're craving those kinds of things and they are natural, that it is something that could be beneficial to your body. Now, if you're craving something like high levels of sugar, things that we wouldn't naturally be eating, then there's probably an imbalance happening in your body that needs to be addressed. And it might be the bacteria in your gut are out of balance. There's, There's several different things that could be going on. But if you're craving particular types of tea, or types of herbs and spices in your food, because the spices in your food are forms of herbs. Mm -hmm. And if you're craving that, go for it. Go for it. Try it out. See how you feel after you've eaten it. And if you feel better afterwards, then it's usually a good sign. Now, if you, if you, you know, try it out for a few days and you go, man, every time I drink this tea or I take this supplement, I feel weird afterwards. It's usually a good sign to maybe stop and consult a clinical herbalist to try to figure out, you know, hey, what's going on here? But there are so many different things we can do. And that's a lot of what I talk about in my book is adjust, adjust, adjust. It's a pivot, right? The friends joke, pivot, pivot. Like that's what you have to do with this is you have to figure out different ways to adjust it based off of what your body's response is. Everybody's a little bit different. We are so complex as human beings. Our experience is so vast that I can't sit here and say, here is the perfect set of herbs for everybody that's dealt with this type of trauma. That's not how it works. Yeah. So we have to try to see like, well, what what seems to work best for me? If I'm finding myself in that freeze state, the dorsal vagal state, there are certain herbs that might cause me to space out more and they might not be as good for my body. But if we're in mm. the sympathetic state and we're, we're in the hypervigilance phase, there are other herbs that would normally energize us. But now that we're hypervigilant, the energizing goes beyond that. It stimulates us even further into a level which then can slip us into the dorsal vagal state, right? So there's all these different ways 
that we need to consider to bring ourselves back into balance. Really good herbs to start with if you're trying to come up with something to just try for yourself and see how it feels are the nerving herbs. Okay. So these are herbs like lemon balm, passion flower, chamomile, those types of herbs. Lavender is another good one that you find in either like relaxing teas or sleepy time teas. Those herbs are very calming, very soothing to the nervous system. They help the nervous system come back into that ventral vagal state more quickly. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be an immediate thing. It's not necessarily going to fix everything and put you back into that ventral vagal state. But it can help you to catch those moments of calm connectedness. And then the more often that you're able to grasp that and feel that in your body, the more often you'll be able to bring yourself back into that state later. And then the more that you drink those herbs, the longer you're able to hold on to that state until you find yourself in the ventral vagal state more often than not. Wow. And and that's that's exciting and beautiful. And when you when you said in the beginning that after being in an abusive relationship, the the herbs that used to help you made you more jittery. Yes. So is that what you were talking about when you said like Absolutely. So I my natural response is hypervigilance. Every once in a while I'll go into a freeze response. I'll go into that dorsal vagal. But normally what happens to me is I get ready to fight. <laughs> I am, I'm going to find the threat. I'm going to annihilate it. Like it's, it's a thing. And <laughs> which actually, this is kind of an aside here, but there's an Ayurvedic discussion around rajas, tamas, and sattva, which are the three mental states, rajas, tamas, and sattva. And the rajas mental state is an active like it's it's movement. It, it's, you know, when it gets to to be too much, it's where, you know, anxiety type things come from. Whereas Tomas is the slowing down. It's the the stillness, which in kind of too far could become kind of a depressive state. And sattva is kind of that ventral vagal connected state. Well, I naturally lean rajas. So it's really no surprise that then once I came into a trauma response, my natural trauma response was this hypervigilance. Hmm. So then I was taking rhodiola after I would work out because rhodiola is a great adaptogenic herb that can help people to recover very quickly after workouts. But it also has stimulating properties. So adaptogens are a great category. We have several adaptogens that can help the body adapt to stress and they're also kind of relaxing and soothing but then you have the ones that are stimulating like rhodiola and it was throwing me into a full-blown panic attack every time Mm. i would take it so even though it's great and you'll hear people talk about it being something that might be good to have on hand after trauma it's not for everyone because it just it let it would leave me I, I'd have to essentially if I took it I would have to take a nap to get over it <laughs> it was mm-hmm. that bad of a, I'd have to have that much of a reset so it's not that it's not good in certain circumstances it's not that it's not appropriate and healthy when you're in a more ventral vagal state but if you find yourself in a in a sympathetic state and you're reaching for adaptogens and you grab for rhodiola I see this in a lot of my clients. It sets them off as well. So we have to kind of pay attention to 
what our body is telling us when we start taking something. And is that response coming from activating our nervous system further? And yeah, it's it's just a, it's a very nuanced type discussion. But when you start really kind of comparing it in the the polyvagal theory and the different nervous system states, it becomes a little easier to figure out what works best for you. Yeah, that makes sense. And because, you know, as I'm hearing you talk about that, I'm thinking, so if someone experiences a trauma and they go into dorsal vagal shutdown, then they need to come up into sympathetic to get up to ventral. But if they're already in sympathetic, it could make be so activating that it takes them down into dorsal. Yeah. Or, you know, up into panic spiral, but you're not right. going closer to ventral. So, yeah. Right. It, and that's where it's a little nuanced. A lot of the times, if if a client is willing to talk about it, I will. And if they're not, then we don't go there. But if they're willing to explain a little bit more about what happens when they are going into their trauma response and, and whether or not they go directly into dorsal vagal or if they go into sympathetic and then drop into dorsal that can tell me whether or not an energizing herb might be helpful. Because if they go straight mm -hmm. into the dorsal vagal response, sometimes the energizing herb is what you need. But if you if you go into sympathetic first and then drop into dorsal, then adding uh, an energizing herb could just exacerbate that even further. So again, it's kind of one of these things where you can kind of say to myself or say to yourself, I am naturally headed into a dorsal vagal state, so I'm going to try some stuff that maybe has a little bit more of an energizing property to it because normally that's what helps. But if it doesn't, again, it doesn't mean you're broken. It just means that your body has a different response and try some of the relaxed herbs and see how that does you. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's again, it's like it's obvious, but as I hear you talking, it's so clear that the way you work and the way, the way you're advocating for people to be exploring is it's just very individualized and it's not a one size fits all, which, you know, the pharmaceutical approach is like, take this if you have this, take this if you have this. And it's not as nuanced, obviously, but people are much more individual than that. Right. And it's made research interesting, too. For those of you who are kind of research nerds like me, you may find that it's interesting to kind of see the way that herbs have to be studied really needs to be from a constitutional angle and what is a person's body naturally doing instead of what's the symptom set because they do work on that level of restoring the body systems not necessarily treating a disease and it makes for a different it's a paradigm shift when you have to start building research around the different things because it it, it is a different way of quantifying the data yeah. But like you kind of alluded to when you said that your mom and your grandmother were herbalists, too, that you are a clinical herbalist, but that people have been using plant medicine since before there was pharmaceutical medicine long before, right. thousands of years before. So it's, it's important to I'm sorry, it's important to recognize there's a balance. Yeah. First of all, most Western herbalism has been stolen from indigenous cultures or the African community. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different aspects. For instance, ashwagandha, which we normally think of as an Ayurvedic herb, was actually used in African medicine before it ever made it to India. So even though 
you know, we have all these different herbs that come from these other cultures, and there is a need to respect that and honor that. And there's also a need to be grateful for that Mm -hmm. because that is what makes this different from purely scientific pharmaceutical type setups. There is a, an intuitive spirit side of what we do that plays alongside the, the research. So the way that I see this is there is evidence and we have some evidence-based information and I hope we get more. But a lot of that evidence shows that there may be several options for each individual. And so if we can take those several options and intuitively determine which of those options might work best, then we are honoring that that intuitive side alongside the evidence-based medicine. And in some cases, we don't have a lot of evidence and we have to look to, or I should say, we don't have a lot of gold standard research. Empirically <laughs> we, validated evidence. Right. We have to look to the histories and we have to look to the elders and written knowledge where we have it and try to see how they've used it and to try to respect it from that angle because there's a lot there that the the double blind placebo controlled studies will never show us right colonialism takes and repurposes it as its own but yes the the old ways of knowing are i mean ancient and that's evidence too so Oh, man, this has been such an interesting conversation. And, (laughs) you know, I would love to keep going. But the last thing I would like to ask you about before we wrap up is just that you you said a little bit about this before, but I was thinking if you could just talk a little bit more about how teas could be a way for people to dip their foot in or their toe in this exploration. Yes. So this is one of my favorite things to do. And there's there's so many different ways that you can use herbs. There's so many different ways that you can connect with the plants. You could grow your own plant and, and have time with it. Or you could, you know, maybe supplements is the way that you want to go and you just want to be able to take them and go. And whatever way you choose to implement them is valid. And however you choose to work with this is valid. But one of the things that I encourage you to try and see how you like it is a mindfulness tea time. So almost every afternoon, I sit down and I pick out a tea and I brew it. And I spend that, you know, 20, 25 minutes brewing the tea, sitting there and watching it steep, enjoying it. Noticing how it smells, how it tastes, how my body feels as I begin to ingest the tea. So you have a lot of sensory input. The mug is warm. The The smells of the different teas are different. As the tea begins to brew in your cup, it changes colors, right? The taste of the tea is the most obvious one here. But there's all these different sensory inputs that you can get. You can even technically have the sound, right? The brewing of the The bubbling of the boiling water is a sound. The pouring of the tea into the cup, the spoon, if you stir it, it stir honey into it or something, the clinking of the spoon, all of those different things could come into play in a mindfulness way. And when you're dealing with a lot of day-to-day struggle, sometimes it's hard to stop and take a moment and say, okay, where am I? You make your plan in the morning and then you sit down in the evening and you're like, okay, well, I got this done or I didn't get this done or man, I feel like death, like whatever. Like there's all these different feelings. 
But if we can give ourselves the permission to stop sometime midday or early afternoon and say, where am I right now? How can I adjust my plans for the evening? How can I adjust my thought process? Whatever you feel like you can adjust in that moment, what can I add in that might help me this evening? Having that 20, 25 minutes to sit down with a tea and give yourself that time to kind of recenter and then just check in with yourself and see where you are, especially in your window of tolerance. Are you pressing the edges or are you safely in that area? There have been a lot of times where that gave me the permission to change my evening plans or it gave me the permission to add something that allowed me to just kind of reset and my evening went better because of it. And that doesn't seem like a lot until that evening goes better several days in a row. And then all of a sudden you've got a little bit more healing that's come into play because you just started a small amount of momentum from this one cup of tea every afternoon. I love that. And it sounds like a, you know, like you said, it's recentering, it's a mindful activity, but it's also a, a healthful activity because you're taking in the tea, the herbs that are in the tea and just being present with yourself. Yes, it's it's one of my favorite times. And Going back to what herbs you're craving, when you look at this tea, find a tea you like. You don't necessarily have to pinch your nose and down a cup of green tea because Elizabeth said green tea has L-theanine <laughs> and it's good for you, right? Like we don't do that. In this space, especially in that mindful space, find a tea that you like the flavor. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. Go to your local grocery store and find something that, that appeals to you on the shelf and try it out and see how it goes. And try a couple of different types of teas. See if some days the citrusy type flavors, which kind of have a little more of an energizing effect, maybe that's what you reach for on the afternoons. You're having a bit of a slump. Whereas other days, maybe you're a little bit more wound up and you reach for your calm and relaxing teas, your lavender and chamomile. Play with this and it really gives you permission to check in again, see where you are and how you can move forward in your evening to, again, it all goes back to the helping you come back into a place where you're spending less energy managing symptoms and more energy on your healing process. Wonderful. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being my guest on Therapy Chat today. And I know that many people who are listening are probably fascinated and wanting to find your book and, and just more about what you do. So where can people find you? Well, thank you for having me. This has been this has been great fun. I've enjoyed talking with you about all this. My book is available at www.traumainformedherbalist.com. And if you want to reach out with any questions, you feel like you need to work with an herbalist, anything like that, my email address is elizabeth at empathiccoaches.com. Okay, empathiccoaches.com. Got it. Well, it has been very interesting and enjoyable to speak with you as well. And I'm grateful for what you're doing and that you have written this book and that you're out spreading the word about this. So thank you for caring about making a difference in people healing from trauma. We Everything we're all doing is so, so needed. And I'm really grateful that you're doing what you're doing. So solidarity. Thank you, Laura. I've loved this. Thank you.
Thank you to Therapy Notes for sponsoring this week's episode. I do love Therapy Notes. It's such an asset to my business and makes my job as a practice owner and a therapist much easier. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. Use coupon code CHAT or click the link in the show notes to get two free months at therapynotes.com. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, please visit therapychatpodcast.com. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Thank you.